Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hi there. Welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. We're your hosts. Mm-hmm. That's Mike Sweeney with the mm-hmm. <laughs> with the soft mm-hmm's. Yes. Yeah. And you're Jesse Gaskell with the soft impression of me being soft. <laughs> How are you, Jesse? We're doing ASMR now. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to get yeah. a few more uh, kinks involved in our podcast. <laughs> I didn't. Are there buried kinks in our podcast? Oh, I, yeah. I said bore. I don't know. That implies that there were any. Yes. At any point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's time to pivot to all kink. <laughs> We've got to be someone's kink, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Your mother, I think, right? Listen. Yes. Oh, so definitely. there you go. <laughs> that is kinky. Have you been? I've been okay. You look well. I look well. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's a slow descent. I mean, you don't look any worse. I visited a cemetery this week that felt apropos. Oh, that's why you look so rejuvenated. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know you love cemeteries. I do. And also, it you know, I'm like, well, I'm doing better than them. Yeah. It is It is nice to put things in perspective. It was in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans oh, for a yeah. few days. Oh, cool. It's called St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. And it's where Nicolas Cage uh, bought a plot. I don't know oh, if you I ever heard, heard about, about this. that. Yeah. And built a pyramid. Oh, my God. Like National Treasure. And he's the treasure. That was kind of cool. Because he built that in 2009. So you've got like all these crumbling 250-year-old graves and then... Nick Cage's Pyramid. Oh, and then a new one. Yeah. Oh, it's brand new. It's barely 10 years old. And I guess he visits it when he's in town. Like he brings girlfriends there to like, hey, check it out. <laughs> like to dangle it over them. Like this could be yours someday. Yeah, like, uh, you know, there's room for, uh, there might a, be room for a significant other. I'm just saying. Maybe even room for three. <laughs> hey, there's the kink. The kink is back in the podcast. <laughs> a three-way burial. I love the idea of securing your own death plot at this point because yeah. we, we got to be running out of room. I mean, there's not that much space left, right? Oh, in you mean in the world or in, in New Orleans? Well, anywhere. In New Orleans, I learned that there's endless amount of room because they stuff a body in there and it bakes up to like, it gets up to 350 degrees every day. <laughs> oh, boy. And so 
after a year, they open it up. So it becomes lasagna. Yes. <laughs> dried out lasagna, lasagna that was put out in the desert. And you're just dust. And they just push you in the back. There's a big hole in the back. Oh, great. And you drop down. And then they shove in a new body. And they do a body a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, this, yeah. yeah, this is very sustainable then. Very sustainable. They just compost you, essentially. It Exactly. It's a very slow-mo cremation. <laughs> was that romantic for you and your wife to see? It sure was. <laughs> what the options are? Oh, they, they said you can be buried in the same box with, with somebody else, with a spouse. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, so that you know. can mix your dust together. <laughs> We can barely fit in a king size bed, so I don't know. About <laughs> I'm gonna want my own box, honey. <laughs> cramming us into a coffin together, she would be very annoyed <laughs> for eternity. Um, I went to a cemetery as well. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know if I, how much I can elaborate without giving it away. But it was a very big cemetery. Well, we should first say uh, it's been a continuing theme lately that you're off. In somewhere distant, yes. working on a movie, writing punch up every day and every night. I mean, you're on the clock. It I'm sounds like all, you're on the clock around there. the I'm clock. I'm there right now, in fact. <laughs> right. You're in a little green room off of yes. studio where, where yeah. things are being shot. I know. So we're in a we're in a really cool city yeah. to do this shoot, but we are spending most of our time at this studio that's about an hour away from the city uh, each way. So we commute and then we are inside on a soundstage all day. <laughs> <laughs> and it then when we sadistic. leave, it's dark. I know. But what was the cemetery you saw? Was that for work? Were you shooting there? Or was that during a little downtime? No, that was just for fun. That oh, was good. for me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and you've been hinting where you are all the I, time. I've so. been hinting. I haven't Is given a, a ton of hint hints or? yet because I, um, I was worried that things would give it away. But I guess I could give a hint related to the cemetery, which is right. the thing I mentioned earlier about running out of space. That happened here oh so this is a place that they have run out of space okay to bury dead bodies they had to come up with something creative yes oh man yeah yeah there are some cities that have done uh, <laughs> some great work when yeah. they fill up with bones <laughs> they have some real creeps on the city staff that, <laughs> not a problem oh Let's yeah dig what, them all up i wonder what them. job that is called it's like <laughs> corpse planner oh i know corpse troller so that's your clue this week. That so that's my clue for this week. City cemeteries had at one point run out of room. Yes. Okay, I like that clue. How's the the uh, the movie coming along? It's it's great. Are you moving to a new location after this city? Uh, no, this is the last city. We're about okay. halfway done here. Oh. I think we just ran at the halfway point. So wow. There, but there, it is like unbelievable how many huge setups there are in this movie. Every scene that we're filming is like there's either fire or there's a bunch of stunt doubles or, you know, there's like 300 extras doing a choreographed dance. It's just a lot oh of my gosh. production. Yeah. Wow. It's really expensive. <laughs> do they do choreographed dance? Are you there during all the rehearsal for that or is that all done somewhere else and then they just show up the day of i'm assuming well yeah they did they've been doing rehearsals in advance but then it still takes a while i mean when you have that many extras just getting any shot is it Ugh. i mean 
the setups take so long. Right. But that's that's been fun because we've it's at least been really joyful in the studio when there's that many people and uh-huh. and I mean I wouldn't say that the the smell is amazing because people are dancing. <laughs> is that another dancing. hint as to where you are? It's, <laughs> it's a city, a smelly city. <laughs> Interesting. It's fun to watch and. Honestly, it's great because that stuff doesn't need punching up. Right. It's hard to punch up a song and dance number. Yeah. You can sneak away and do a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I feel like every <laughs> right outside the wall you're doing this now, there's a giant dance number going on. Yeah. Can you hear it through the wall? <laughs> you mentioned uh, a lot of stunt work on your movie. Yeah. Oh, the stunt people are so talented. Yeah. It's really cool to watch. Lots of insurance because <laughs> so many things can go wrong. Yeah. I mean, a literal life or death situation sometimes. Well, speaking of stunt yes. talent, we have a, a really cool guest today. We do. He appeared on the show um, so many times once we moved out to L.A. on The Tonight. He started on The Tonight Show and then also made, he was just an instant hit on the show. Conan loved him and viewers loved him. And so we had him back again and again. Mr. Stephen Ho. Stephen Ho. He's a really talented martial artist, stuntman, stunt coordinator. Mm -hmm. I don't think he had any idea when he first came on The Tonight Show that he was going to end up being a comedy staple. <laughs> I don't think comedy was, yeah. was really his thing. That, that was interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating to find out about his, his first appearance on the show, like ramping up to it from his point of view. Yeah, and then he... I think became one of the only guests to sucker punch Conan live on the air. So that's a <laughs> elite <laughs> club to join. And another kink for our podcast. <laughs> and just a heads up, you may hear a dog barking in the background, but we promise it goes away as the conversation goes on. Here's Stephen Ho. Hi, Stephen. It's great to see you again. Long time no see. Hey, how are you? Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, you made so many appearances on Conan over the years. Do you keep a number somewhere? I did in the beginning, but I lost track. I know it's <laughs> over 10. Wow. I thought you were going to say you lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> we did two at The Tonight Show. That I know. Right. And then at TBS, there was just a bunch. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just knew immediately that it was money in the bank having you come on because you would routinely come on and teach Conan some stunts, but then you'd sort of put him into increasingly dangerous scenarios <laughs> <laughs> or or increasingly humiliating scenarios. I think that's why I was on because Jeff just wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> to watch Conan get pummeled. Yeah. Yeah. You were being paid lavishly by the entire staff to come back. Exactly. <laughs> I got tips at the end. Trust me. Sure. Oh, wow. Uh, Conan healed the last time in two weeks. We're looking for maybe a one month recovery. Bring in Pyro. Oh, okay. You're still available. Well, what? Maybe we can start with the beginning. The first appearance that you made, how did that come about? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember very clearly because I, I remember saying no to it at least two or three times. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So Allison Fleera, right, was, uh, the, was working in the writer's department. Uh -huh. And then she contacted my friend, Al Goto, stunt coordinator. Uh -huh. They were looking for, this is before The Tonight Show. So they were looking for a stunt coordinator for The Tonight Show. Was That was his understanding. He couldn't make it. He was busy. So he recommended me for the job. 
And then uh, I met with Rachel Whitley Bernstein. She's a segment producer on the show. Well, I didn't know any of that. I just, I just met with her and, right. you know, we were looking at the stage. They were still kind of building the stage. And the conversation was really more about general stunt coordinating on the show for the future. Like during comedy bits or which... Well, I had no uh, idea because I had, never seen, I had okay. never seen an episode of Conan. I never saw Conan. I did, had no idea. Oh, I was just like, wow. I'm here. What do you want? Yeah. And she's asking me all these questions. <laughs> and I think she she brought me back at least two or three times to ask me more questions. And now uh-huh. looking back, I'm like, oh, she was probably auditioning me or something, you know? Mm. Huh. Yeah, maybe seeing if there was a full segment there right. to pitch. I have no idea. And then she just, she called one day and she says, hey, would you be interested in coming on the show? And I was like, well, I don't know the show, but in my head, I was just thinking of the Indian guys on David Letterman. And I'm like, ah, gosh, I think he's just going to goof on me. Like, he's tall, I'm short. Uh, He's just going to goof on me. So I'm like, "Uh, I don't think I can make it. And I kept like putting it off a little bit. And I said, but I know a lot of people that I can refer you to uh if you'd like. And then she said, well, why don't you just let me know when you're available? (laughs) <laughs> and then um, yeah. I told my wife about it. And then she kind of slapped me in the back of the head. She's like, well, why, how do you know? Why are you assuming that? Uh-huh. You've never even seen the show. Why are, you, why are you assuming that? You should just try it. I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's do this, right? So I, I had no idea what I was signing up for. We were talking about a segment. And to me, it was just more, you know, I'm used to being behind the scenes a lot more. Right. So it was more about the logistics of things and how to produce it safely and what people to bring on. It was really more of a, of, of a behind the scenes approach for me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I remember like the day before this, like, okay, we're going to have a car pick you up. And that was already odd. I'm like, why would a car pick up the stunt coordinator? You know? <laughs> so I said, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll drive myself. I'll drive myself. It's all good. <laughs> so I started driving and then we got up to Universal and then I see my name, Stephen Ho on there. And then that's when I kind of freaked out a little bit. I got really nervous because I'm like, oh shit, I'm a guest on the show. Like it just didn't click. Wow. Wow. So all that time you were just thinking I'm going to be creating stunts for some segment behind the scenes. I'm not going to be on camera. Well, behind the scenes, I I knew I was going to be on camera, but it just, it didn't, I just thought it was going to be a little throwaway thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here's Steven, let's do a bit and, and move on. I just, it didn't click to me that it was like a big deal. A whole segment starring you. Yeah, where I was like the primary guest. Right. I got kind of nervous with that. And I uh, I had to sit in the car in the parking lot and just like talk myself down. <laughs> I was like, you got this, you can do this. <laughs> you know, you're a martial arts champion. You, you, you're disciplined. You're, I, I like was pepping myself up. And then that was it. People are walking by the car. What, why is that guy talking to himself yeah. in that guest parking spot? Yeah, I was so nervous because that was my biggest fear at that time was was to do a you know stand up. Not that that was stand up, but stand up had always been like something that I aspired to try that uh, I was afraid of. Oh, 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 wow. Yeah. Had you watched the show at all before you went on just to see what it was like or... Did you have a better sense of like what you were getting yourself into once you realized you were a guest on the show? No, I didn't do my homework, which I should have. But I, <laughs> I did call. I called a couple people who had been on a bunch of you know guest on shows before to ask their just general opinions what to do. Mm-hmm. James Franco gave me really good advice, and he's like, "If you're nervous, don't be too cool. Like, don't be unaffected. Just even if you're nervous, put it out there that you're excited to be there." Uh-huh. And I thought that was really good advice, you know, like be in, be in the moment kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And be yourself. Then Judd Apatow actually gave me advice to slap Conan on the back of the head at some point. 
<laughs> that was a... <laughs> and kind of sucker punch him. People had a wish list for what they wanted you to do to him. Well, I didn't do that, obviously, but I did sucker punch him on the stomach, in the stomach. Uh-huh. And that's where that whole thing let, stemmed from. I love the friends you had to call for advice about... <laughs> It's like, well, you know, I called Judd Apatow and then James Franco. And yeah, yeah. George Clooney, it was in Italy. I couldn't get him on the phone. Yeah. Wow. So then, then what happened? You go into the building and, and how did your first appearance unfold? Uh, went into the building. You know, Rachel talked me down and calmed me down. She was an amazing producer. I mean, she uh-huh. really like, she really knows what she's doing. Yes. And, um, you know, we just started the show and I, I was surprised at the lack of rehearsal. That really surprised me. <laughs> It was like shocking to me. Like the rehearsal was more of, you know, for camera and for the director. But I assumed that we were going to rehearse and, you know, people were going to show me the ropes and tell me what to do. And, you know, if he does this, you do this, whatever. And it was really just, I, you know, it's the magic of the show. It's just the ad lib, you know, part of it. Right. And if things go wrong, it's almost a gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you're probably used to the exact opposite of that, which is rigorous rehearsal of stunts and safety. Yeah. And then it was just like, okay, you two are going to go out and and mess around. Do you remember um, what you did on that first episode? Like you came on, he presented you as this stunt coordinator in films and television. And then what was the segment? What did it consist of just for our listeners who... Might not be familiar. The segment was was teaching him basic stunt reactions. And I remember when we started, he was Conan. You know, he just started his whole bit and he started going off on all these tangents about, you know, he's a nerd, you know, that whole thing that he does. <laughs> and then Oh yeah, that whole act. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember in my head going, Oh my God, this is gonna like this is it's going away from me. Right. If I don't take charge of this, it's just going to go in a, in a different direction uh-huh. because we need to get back to the action. Like to me, I was kind of producing it in my head. Like, no, we have to get to the next beat. Right. And then that's when I, I did the sucker punch on him and I just, I hit him in the stomach pretty hard, like really, really hard. <laughs> and then I, and then I remember his face, like, wow, you can watch the tape. He just kind of froze for a second. And looked at me and I was like, oh shit, was that a mistake? You know? Right. And then it just got a million laughs and that was it. And then from there, everything was gold. Wow. And and he realized who was boss and, and he had to be the submissive after that. Yeah. And that was my approach from every show after that. Huh. Because in the, the for the first minute of that show, I felt useless. I felt like I couldn't do my thing because he was right. Conan. And I was like, looking at him like Conan. Right. And after that, I would tell myself, it's not his show. It's my show. Wow. He's a guest on my show. I'm 100% in charge. And I just kept telling myself that until I believed it. <laughs> oh, th- that's great. You got, you got that first big laugh. That must have relaxed you and f- made you feel like, okay. It's intoxicating. <laughs> it really is. It was so empowering. It was like, oh, okay, this is working. Right. Well, yeah. Was that your first time really doing comedy? Yeah. First time doing comedy a live event yeah a tonight show so you were I mean, like oh people are laughing and that's intentional that's good yeah no it was awesome right. and then and then the next morning rachel called and said wow conan called me immediately this morning and said to book you again as soon as possible yay oh that's a rave that's great that is a rave and you know what you always seem so large and in charge when you'd appear on the show so you know you always forget people get nervous about these things because it's such a personal private hell yeah that everyone's going through and, and you'd never know it from watching you you're just oh, saying, that's great to hear but also you had all these tasks to perform which probably helped you know what i mean like you were saying oh i have to get back 
to the next beat, like you had to get from A to B to C to D and E to, you know, within five minutes. So right. you're kind of had a program in your head with Jeff in, in the background Je- right. playing at the watch and everyone doing this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Jeff Ross sorry, yeah. and the, the stage manager, you know, holds up those little cue cards. Would yeah. you see those little, yeah, like two minutes left? Yeah. yeah. 60 seconds. Yeah. It's like, ugh. yeah. But usually if something's going great, they just kind of let it go long usually. And then, you know, either let it run long or cut it down. Yeah. I realized that after in the beginning, when they were saying, keep it to four minutes, I was like, diligently trying to keep it for and then after that i realized oh they don't really mean that so i assume the initial one you were teaching them basic stuff like fake punching and uh uh, but but and then all of a sudden like oh we want you right back right away were you kind of under the gun as to like oh shoot what do i do now with him like was that how do we beat that a big challenge for you not for the second one um because keep in mind we were we were still at the tonight show back then right so i could have said can I have an elephant? And they'd say, what color, what size? It's basically the sky is the limit. <laughs> right. There are different color elephants. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing, you know, we were doing pyro, glass breaking, wire work. I mean, we were just doing everything during the Tonight Show. Yeah, I remember, was it the second appearance? He was wired from behind and... I think that was the first, believe it or not. That was the first, yeah. Oh, and he went flying backwards through windows. Yeah. The second one, he was jumping through the burning building, right? With the baby. Right. Oh, right, right, right. He was wearing a fireproof suit. And and sometimes we would do those things and there would be some mechanical issues. And, and then they would just tell me, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it'd be great if everything was like that. Like, hey, if the building, your building collapses, it'll be funny. Right. That must have been different for you coming from film too where it's like no we're gonna we're gonna do it until we get the shot and the pyrotechnics go off correctly this was like no no there's no take two you got one take yeah exactly your rehearsal is the take basically and that's it you know and it's funny no matter what yeah we'll make it funny he'll make fun of you if it doesn't work right then you you know you went on to many many appearances on the tbs show in all your appearances do you have a favorite memory of you know your experience like a stunt or or a moment that you thought was just like oh my god that that's my favorite moment yeah i wouldn't say it was my favorite moment or at least favorite maybe now i can say it's my favorite moment but at that time it was like it was horrific do you remember when i i hit him with the two by four and the two by four didn't break yes oh no <laughs> so there was a scene where we were doing i forgot what it was but we were doing like a a fake chi power thing, you know, like how you can get internal energy. And, you know, a lot of, we were just goofing. Wait, that's fake? <laughs> <laughs> there was one part where I took a two by four. Yeah. And I had him stand in a horse stance. So he, his legs are apart. He's bent down low, like he's sitting on a horse. And then I jumped up in the air and I smacked the two by four across his thigh <gasps> and it was supposed to break. Oh, wow. And props did score it. It was scored. I don't know what happened. I went for it and I went all the way through. Like you can see the footage. It went all the way through. It didn't bounce off. Like I hit as hard as I could and it didn't break. Oh man. I mean, I thought that I fractured his femur or something. It it was hard. Oh boy. And he paused and I thought he was going to stop the show. Like for me, it was like, he was going to stop the show. Right. Stephen Ho is like canceled forever before there was even cancellations. (laughs) Right. Like I would be the first person to ever get canceled. (laughs) <laughs> Rachel's fired. Everybody's gone. You know, like I thought that was it. Sure. Yeah. But he just, he composed himself for a little bit, came back, uh-huh. finished the show. I tried to see him, but then he was off to the next one. 
I stayed after because I just needed to talk to him. I mean, I felt so bad. I wanted to make sure he was okay. So the lights were low. Everyone was already gone. I was just like waiting for him to come down. He finally comes downstairs and... He was terrified to see you. Like, oh no, he's here to finish me off. <laughs> I thought he was going to lay into me, but then instead he like gave me a hug and he's like, that was the best show ever. We got to do it again. Yeah, You know, I'll, I'll put a bullet in my head as long as the cameras are on. Don't worry about it. That was awesome. Right. And then he went on and talked about it on the George Lopez show, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So that was definitely the most memorable for me. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash getmhia or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menard's great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menard's. If you've got a thirst to put the world on notice... Sprites for you. Whether you're shooting a masterpiece on your phone, filling notebooks with sketches, or turning your bedroom into the booth, keep going. Obey your thirst, Sprite. How is it teaching Conan to do martial arts? Because that in itself was its own challenge, too. I'm just going to project this, but he seems like not the most athletic person on earth. Wow, you really put me on a spot here, huh? <laughs> He's actually quite athletic, believe it or not. The issue is that there's no rehearsal time. Right. By design. Yeah. So it's hard to come up with bits because you're, you know, and coming up with bits was was the hardest part of the show. Right. It was the shooting back and forth with, with Rachel and then my wife. And then, you know, annoyingly, my wife and Rachel always agreed. I'd come up with ideas that I thought were funny. I'd run it by my wife and she says, that's really stupid. (laughs) And I'd run it by Rachel and Rachel would say, that's really stupid. And they would always agree. Uh They would always agree. Rachel would shoot back an idea and I'm thinking, that's not that great. I would tell my wife and she'd say, oh no, that's perfect. (laughs) Did they ever meet each other? Oh yeah, yeah, they're buddies. Oh good, good. (laughs) Yeah, they're buddies. Sure. They were always texting about you behind your back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're the real brains. They're the brains behind it all. (laughs) So would you uh, actually choreograph things at home with your wife then too? Like, do you ever use her to stand in for Conan? (laughs) No, I don't. I think she draws a line there. Okay. She's six foot four. (laughs) (laughs) Towards the end, I use my kids all the time. 
Oh, nice. Took, oh. Yeah, they were helping me, so that was fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Did they ever get to come to the show? Yeah, they won a bunch of times. Oh, that's great. Are they interested in that line of work, do you think? They did an, an Olympic special with Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg. Where oh. They oh. were basically, it's a good bit. It was like almost an eight-minute bit, but it's we basically took one of our Conan bits, the same philosophy, uh-huh. and then applied it to Kevin Hart, and it worked like clockwork. It was perfect. Yeah, those two are interchangeable. <laughs> Did you choreograph, there's a very popular clip with Claude Van Damme on it? Yeah, yeah, I worked on that one. Oh, okay. That clip is in, still insanely popular. Yeah. He recreated a scene, it was a Todd Levin bit. It was based on a famous fight scene in a movie. From Bloodsport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's doing a dance. So he started to do the dance, and then all of a sudden, these toughs in our in our studio attack him, and it turns into a big fight. Was that fun working with him, or like? Yeah, it was amazing because I'd never met him. Always, want, of course, you always want to meet Chunk Love Van Dam, you know. So that that was incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, throughout the years, I got to do you know meet a bunch of people and and do some behind the scenes as well. Oh, we did a bit with Andy and Conan fighting each other in the rain. Yes, right. You worked on Comic-Con because every year we were at Comic-Con, we'd always, for the first show or even the second show, we'd have these big cold open video pieces that we would shoot in the a week or two prior to getting down to San Diego. One year you were a big part of Batman versus Superman was the big movie that year. And we did a parody called Conan versus Andy. We'd love it if you could talk about that a bit. Yeah, that was that one was fun. I coordinated that and then helped with some of the shots and worked super closely with Todd, the writer, Todd Levin, and Seth, you know, DP. And so the process was we had doubles for both of them first, and with just the three of us, the doubles and myself, we choreographed the scene. And, and just to interrupt, the scene is a big nighttime fight in the pouring rain <laughs> yeah. between Conan and Andy. Exactly. And they're both dressed in their show clothes and suits. Exactly. Uh-huh. The, the process was fairly simple and smooth. Like we would, we choreographed moves and then Todd would come and then throw in his opinions and, you know, what he liked, what he didn't like about it. He gave us great feedback. Uh-huh. And then we adjusted off that feedback until we were all happy with something. Like the, the shoot started at night in the dark. Did you work this stuff out a day or two in advance or was it all like done right before the shoot? No, I think it was like two days before. Okay. Oh, great. I mean, just a short period of time, like two days or maybe the day before. So it was, it was about, I would say maybe five hours of work on it. Uh huh. You know, of prepping it. Yeah. And it was storyboarded too. We don't normally storyboard bits, but Todd had this bit storyboarded out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very meticulous. I kept a copy of it because I enjoyed that so much. I, <laughs> I, have it. I have that storyboard actually. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we, we basically would just, we choreographed it and then we went back and forth. Then when it came down to shoot, we just shot. We didn't really have much time to work with Andy and Conan, you know, because they were, they were, they were shooting. Right. So a show, right? Yeah. So typically how you do it and how, how we did it with this is we would shoot out the stunts first, Mm. you know, so you get your basic geography and you know where everyone is. So you shoot a master shot Uh of the stunt action. And then from there you go in and you start breaking up little segments that make sense. So you, let's say the first segment is the first three hits or whatever it is. Right. Uh So then um, from there, we just do the old switcheroo. You'd have, you know, Conan say his dialogue, Andy say his dialogue. And then when it came down to do a stunt, we would just go in sequential order, switch, put in the stunt guide, make sure the camera isn't tight enough where you don't see, 
you know, the stunt performer's faces mm-hmm. or you should shoot behind from a different angle, you know, whatever you need to do. Right. Yeah. How much do you have to match the stunt people? I mean, are they similar height and build or is it, does it not matter that much? As long as it's for actions, that's a great question. But as long as it's close for action stuff, it doesn't as matter as much as you think it would matter. Okay. For body doubling, it matters a lot. But when you're moving around, you're in low stances, you're getting thrown, mm-hmm. you can be off by like three to four inches even. Oh, wow. And it's not an issue. Yeah. Well, especially when it's the two, if the two stunt doubles are the same size, then you're not really thinking about that there's a, a difference. A disparity. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we did in this case, because I, I mm. you know, to get a double for Conan, six, four, it's, right. it's difficult, you know, with this build. Right. So I think the person we had was around six foot, maybe six one. So he was, he was shorter, mm. but then the double for Andy was also shorter. Yeah. Andy's like six, he's six, two or six, he's over six, six, two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're almost the same. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the double was like five eleven or something. Right. Like that, you know, so, um, and I, I love that you worked it out with Seth, the uh, DP slash cameraman. Like, so you would, while working out the punches and everything, would he say, oh, what if I shoot it this way? Or is that how that stuff yeah, would get it's worked about, out? It's working out is, is getting, you know, first is just getting your shot list together. Mm-hmm. And then second, getting the proper angles. Right. But I think for Seth, it was a lot of fun. And for me, it was a lot of fun because it felt, for me, this was my, this was my jam. You know, it's like we're doing movie style fighting now. Right. And for Seth, I think it was like a, a fun change even for the whole crew. Whereas you're doing a night show and all of a sudden like, no, now we're shooting a movie. Right. You know, we're shooting a movie. Now we have rain effects. We have special effects. It's like, we're shooting just like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think it was kind of refreshing for everyone. Yeah, definitely. That was a really fun shoot. It's so time consuming. I mean, we started, I think maybe around 9 PM and went right up Till, till sunrise dawn yeah yeah anytime you have the rain machine comes out <laughs> yes you just add on six hours no matter what you know <laughs> yeah you remember it's freezing right you're your night it's right. freezing i'm gonna ask about the props too um there's a bunch of breakaway props in that piece especially the the big sink when they're smashing props on each other is that usually the stunt double that's getting it or was conan actually the one getting smashed i don't think conan was getting smashed yeah right but i think he has no problem getting smashed he's got smashed a bunch of times you would always use a lot of props in your segments too yeah conan's the tom cruise of late night (laughs) talk shows yeah and bill and john are great i don't know where they get their props you know but it's like they pull out anything do you have a rubber toilet show our prop master bill tall and john rao yeah Yeah, we had those all sculpted we we literally (laughs) no seriously they're like our set department yeah they sculpted this and like that Hello Kitty. Yeah. All those things were made by our set department. Do those hurt at all when you get hit with them? No, those don't. I mean, some some do. Like some of the, the wood stuff, if it's as we know, if it's not right. scored, <laughs> scored perfectly. Well you know? <laughs> yeah. You just have to be afraid of, worried about, you know, debris getting in your eyes. That's all. Right. Right. Do you remember how they did that breaking through the wall bit? Yeah. So that was... Seth was the master of mind behind that because it played like the wall was like 300 feet, you know, like he just kept going, going, but it was really just right. a segment that was probably 20, 20 feet and they just kept looping it over and over. Yeah. It was yeah. like t- two wall- walls. And that was Todd's idea 
to just loop it. Oh, Todd, yeah. And just have it go way too long in yeah. the edit room. I remember he came up with that. <laughs> and then go away to something else, like the title card, and then come, come back, come back to, to again. Yeah. Still going through the wall, which is which was great. That that really elevated everything. You know what I love about seeing a rain machine in action is once you see that, whenever I see a movie where it's supposed to be raining. It always takes me right out of the movie because you look <laughs> through the rain and you see it's perfectly sunny <laughs> on the other side, just on the other side of the lawn. And you're like, ah, rain machine. <laughs> exactly. And now I, I want to ruin movies for everyone else too. <laughs> I tell them that. Well done. Stephen, did people ever recognize you after you started doing appearances on Conan? Like would people see you on the street? And Yeah, they still do. I would say at least a few times a month. Oh, wow. Someone will say something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, they try to pull your moves on you. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, it's always the same thing. Like, you're the guy that beats up Conan. You're the guy that beats up Conan. <laughs> oh. So usually that's it. That's that's an interesting question. Do people who know what you do, do they ever, like, try to challenge you to a fight? Like They uh, want to fight you? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not the 70s. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never had that, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, you don't you don't want to live through the seventies. <laughs> Did you ever go for a job opportunity where you had to lie about certain skill sets? Mm. Have you ever said, "Oh, I know how to do," you know, "I know and how to then ride you go that." Go home and, and quickly learn. Like, oh, I've got to figure this out. Yeah, no, I've never. I mean, you could die that way. You know, oh. it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm always upfront about everything. Good. Most stuntmen should be. I believe that they are. Yeah. But either way, the coordinator really wouldn't hire someone unless they they knew what they could do. They, they check yeah. them out first. Yeah, if it's a dangerous spot, because now, you know, it's, because you can, it, it's it's just like a night show, right? You have a you have a plan, but then at the last minute, the director often will change the plan. Right. You know, and say, okay, well, I know that the driver was just supposed to do this, but instead, can he do this? Yeah. You know, would lie all the time? Animal handlers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're all pathological liars. I, <laughs> like simple things like, mm -hmm. can the dog bark on command? Of course. <laughs> and is the one mute dog. With the aid of a ventriloquist, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I never, this never happened before. <laughs> Yeah, he can do it, just not on camera. I had a bad experience with the dog. Oh, did you? I had to fight a dog once when I first started. <laughs> oh, no. You had to fight Someone a called dog. Someone me and was like, hey, Stephen, I heard you're a good fighter. And I said, oh, I'm okay. Like, you ever fight a dog? <laughs> I'm like, no. Like, would you like to? So I, I went to Puerto Rico, and there was a German shepherd that was supposed to attack me. <gasps> you know? Yeah. And, um, That's really scary. So the German shepherd was on set, and... I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice to this guy. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, smart. buddy, hey, buddy. You know, and I'm sneaking him like food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the handler got pissed. He's like, don't do that, because if you do that, then he's not going to attack you. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, exactly, right? You're like, yeah. So then I continued when the handler wasn't looking. Continued being nice to the dog, right? Uh -huh. The whole thing. And then meanwhile, there's another dog <gasps> that's oh. in a cage. And I said, what is that dog? Uh oh. And he goes, that dog doesn't even speak English. He's like, he's from Germany. The only reason he's on set, the only reason he's on set is to act. He's an actual guard dog. So the actual, the only reason he's on set is to acclimate him to being around a set environment. But he's never been on set. He's not ready to be on set. You know, we're not going to use him. It's not safe to use him. So, so I'm like, okay, great. That was a German, German shepherd. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably the scariest of all. So then the scene happens. Yeah. Action. You know, I have my 
my safety arm on and and my only job is to make the dog is going to jump up in the air and open his mouth and he's going to bite whatever's in front of him first. So my only job is to make sure my arm is in front of him first and not my head. Mm -hmm. So just let my arm go. So the dog comes at me. I put my arm up. He lightly bites it. His tail is wagging. (laughs) He's like, he loves me, you know, because I'm his buddy. Sure. Director's pissed. And then he says, use the other dog. (gasps) You know, and I'm waiting. And I know that the handler is going to say, no, we can't use the other dog. It's not safe. And I was like, yes, sir. What? So then he, he pulls the other dog out. Switcheroo. He puts him on his leash. They pulled the switcheroo. And he tells me, he tells me to tease him. Oh. Oh. To anger him. And Germans don't like sarcasm. Yeah. Notoriously. <laughs> so I'm, now I'm figuring, well, I can't let the dog see that I'm afraid, right? Yeah. So I'm just in his face, yelling, slapping his nose, like showing him who's boss, but it's pissing the dog off more. You sucker punched him. <laughs> then we go for the scene. The dog comes at me. Yeah. I put the thing on. I'm terrified. He grips me, and then he's just like, and everything seems fine. But I'm, you know, truthfully, I'm like pissing my pants. I'm a little scared because yeah, because is he gonna bite through the suit? Yeah. And I just instinctively started pressing my forearm into his mouth like a horse bit. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he starts yelping. <laughs> oh. And so they they tell me to go easy on the dog. <laughs> but there was a good lesson. Like, okay, if a dog ever bites you, just wrap your jacket and, yeah. and just stick something. You know, stick, stick it your further in. Go neck. with it. Yeah. yeah. Just stick your hand all the way in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you with, on animal handlers. That was the purpose of that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he was mad at you for feeding the other one. And he's I like, know. oh, yeah, let's get the German, German shepherd right. out here. <laughs> Teach him a lesson. Oh, it is terrifying, though, because that's sort of... Yeah, I mean, that guy was just out to protect his own job. Right. right. And didn't really care what happened to you. Yes, he yeah. was ordered. <laughs> it's true. The director's <laughs> like, get the killer dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> just following yes, sir. orders. Exactly. Turn the <laughs> dial up all the way. Oh. On Conan, it was the exact opposite. Every time <laughs> I wanted to do something, right, it would be, you know, usually Jeff or like, the safety people. I remember at Warner Brothers, it was a big deal. They wouldn't. The Conan handlers. Yeah. They almost didn't let us do the everything on the first episode. Oh. Because the Warner Brothers, the insurance people were there and the safety people were there. Oh. And they were like, no, no. And they were like negotiating with me. And I'm like, why are you negotiating with me? I don't, I don't, you know, I'm just. Right. It's already written. Like, we're going to do it. Yeah. And then Conan had to show up to that, to a meeting with them. And he said, listen, guys. If I break a finger, yeah. I'm good with it. We can take it all the way up to a broken finger. <laughs> well, oh my God. I love they negotiated. That was the negotiation. And then that was it. Ever since then, it was done. What digit? Like a forefinger? Mm-hmm. Pinky? Yeah. Metatarsal. <laughs> that's, that's pretty extreme, you know, to break a finger. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we can do a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Conan's been roughed up a lot on the show. I was in a bit with him and Frank Smiley, like in... 1995 or six where we're fighting on the staircase and we all lost our balance and fell down the stairs together and he jammed his thumb. It was, it was screwed up for six months. And then there was another time he slipped on water on the floor and I was not there. You were not there. No, that was (laughs) was universal. Nothing to do with me. It wasn't thought of as a stunt. Yeah. And, but he slipped and, and had a concussion overnight and, that was gnarly. That was in, that was intense. Oh my god! That was intense. You know what I think happened was because I I watched that tape so many times. It looked like he was gonna dive 
like going for a dive and then he right. changed his mind midstream. Like he started to go like this and then he changed his mind and he put on the brakes and then that's when he oh. fell back. He kind of skied or slid. Yeah. Then he just, yeah. Like, well, that's probably an important part of stunts is committing to it too. Right. It's like, that's always yeah. when yeah. things are the most dangerous is when you sort of half-ass it. <laughs> you got to just go with it and just be relaxed at that point. You know, Speaking of falls, like, do you ever use any of your stunts in real life just for to entertain, like just a Pratt fall or something like that? To I used to all the time. My favorite thing yeah. was to, to run into stop signs. <laughs> you know, like I would, I would pretend to run and I would pretend to run and jump, yeah. smack it, and oh, then just fall down. Wow! I still do that with doors all the time. I'll wait in front of like. A, That's how you met your wife. Yeah. yeah. Did you do that when you were dating? So I met your mother. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. I, when someone goes into a, a restroom. Yeah, I'll wait for them to come out, and then mm. when the door opens, I'll smack it really hard <gasps> and then fall down. That's oh, that's a good such one. a good prank! Oh my god, <laughs> I'm sure restaurants loved having you around. Yeah, and they yeah they're like, oh, we'll comp your bill right, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen, what was your proudest stunt scene? I mean, it maybe on Conan or just uh, out in film. Do you have something that you are particularly proud of? I mean, I could say I confidently say that all my work with Conan has been my proudest moments. What? Come on. And the most fun. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's because great. it wasn't, it was just so different for me and it was tackling uh -huh. a different, a different, uh, a different animal. It was a whole different deal. Like I, I feel like I got my MBA in comedy, you know, in improv yes. mm -hmm. <laughs> from just being on the show and hanging out. And actually, you know, I told you that it was my, my fear was to do improv, right? So I mm -hmm. I had mentioned that and I talked to, uh, I was talking to Adam Yenser. Yeah. And Doug Caro. Yeah, yeah. Two funny writers. Uh, yes. Yeah. Adam left our show. Uh, he, he was to in Ellen. production, but then he went to be a writer on Ellen. Mm -hmm. And Doug Caro uh, mm -hmm. has worked on a lot of different shows as a writer. He's yeah. terrific. So I told them that and they both helped me write a stand-up bit. Oh. Oh, nice. And then I did stand-up at this AAIP thing with like, you know, it was at least 2,000 people. Wait, for 2,000 people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was packed. For your first set. That's in that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Really intense. Yeah. Oh, no, that was it. No more. Great. One and done. One and yeah. done. You know? So it was like, Whoa. it was just something I wanted to do. It's like skydiving. It's like just something I wanted to try. So yeah, in many ways more terrifying than skydiving. That sounds for me, yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But you know, the the first I'd say four or five episodes of Conan, I was I was completely terrified every time. I'd have to go through a ritual. Mm -hmm. I'd have to right. make sure that I I could see my wife in the audience so I wouldn't have to be self-conscious of where uh, she was, right? Uh, so yeah. I'd have to see her first. I put out my clothes a certain way, have extra underwear right. in case I had diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I, had a, I had a whole thing. That's like what Conan does before every show too. <laughs> <laughs> Changes underwear. <laughs> then after that, I was just completely relaxed to the point where, remember the last couple of episodes, I'm like, oh my God, get nervous. Like, right. get nervous. Oh yeah. You're too relaxed. Because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling any energy. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Whereas before it'd be like, you know, when, when you get that countdown. Right. Three, two, one. It's like, oh. Right. Yes. And that red, I always find the red light scary. Yeah. When the red light on the camera comes on, it's just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I loved it. Because I, yeah. after doing Conan, it's like, I don't get nervous now for anything. Oh. Oh, that's great. Nothing really makes me nervous as far as like, you know, public, public stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the stand-up has the Conan have the Conan appearances led to any other comedy work that you've done? Yeah, there was a 
bunch of stuff for a while. I was doing like a bunch of Bachelor episodes. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, yeah. What'd you do in the Bachelor? <laughs> I, was the, I was like the date. Yeah. You know, like they'd go on an action date. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. And so they'd learn how to do combat. Yeah. Reality shows are fake. <laughs> no, I think that was part of the... Part of the premise probably was that you were they were learning to do combat, right? Yeah. Ah. One of them, it was like an audition where I would audition all the women. Uh-huh. And then whoever I thought was the best one could do the final action scene with The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But a bunch of little things like that. Yeah. But now I, after my, my boys did the Kevin Hart thing, now we're starting to get offers for shows like that, which is interesting. Oh, as a family? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the ideas that have come to us so far haven't been a good fit, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But they're still coming. So, you know, maybe maybe one day something will, will, will fit. Steven, we sometimes like to ask people, do you have any favorite off-camera moments with Conan? He's such a nice guy. You know, one year we were, you know, invited to his house for Christmas, right, for a Christmas party. Uh-huh. And the day after we were planning a family trip or we had a family trip planned, you know, out of the country. So we had to leave at like three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or something like that. And um, my wife didn't want to go to Conan's party because she's like, I, you know, got to get some sleep. I'm like, but it's Conan. We got to go. You know, mm. it's going to be fun. Oh, I love that. She's just totally unfazed by all of the Hollywood stuff. Did, yes. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. <laughs> she does not care. Right. So she wouldn't go. So I'm like, OK, well, I'll just go by myself. And the, let's say the party started at eight or seven or something like that. Right. So I said, OK, well, I'll show up at eight. I'll come up for I'll show an hour later. Yeah. And then I'll hang out for an hour and then I can just, you know, kind of leave and that's mm-hmm. it. Just go pay my respects a little. Low. Seems like a good plan. Right. So I get there, I show up an hour later. The valet guy tells me that I'm the first one there. <gasps> so uh, uh, now I'm already mortified. What am I going to do? I'm not going to I'm not going to go back in my car right. and wait in my car, right? Oh, I would have. So I go inside and no one's really dressed or anything, you know? Oh, what? And Conan sits with me and Liza's like getting dressed and eating dinner. <gasps> and I'm just feeling so mortified. And I tell him, I'm like, just, it's cool. Just go, you know, I'll, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. And he's, that guy sat with me for 45 minutes. Uh, uh, uh. Oh. But I wonder, why were they running so late is my question. Maybe I got the wrong time. It could have happened. I don't oh. know. But he sat with me the entire time <laughs> until the next guest came. Wow. And I was like, what a nice guy. I yeah. would not have done that. Yeah. I know. In in those social situations, he's so unbelievably... You can see all this, like the training from his parents, you know. Right. Like, you do not... Someone's Leave a guest, guest in your unattended. home. Yes. You don't... Yeah. But 45 minutes. And, you, and he was like genuinely into the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He appeared to be, you know, it was like, yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah. I Meanwhile, he was like, I really need to go shower. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. He loves you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just for show. Yeah. No. It's not. <laughs> well, this has been so great, Stephen. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. So much fun. I hope we'll get to work with you again. Maybe you'll coordinate some stunts for our podcast. Oh, I can't wait. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for joining us. That was fun to catch up with him. Yeah, he had some wild stories, too. I know. He's really <laughs> been through the ringer. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's about time we macho up this podcast a little bit. That's right. With a man <laughs> of action. Some testosterone. 
instead of a pencil pusher. <laughs> what am I saying? We have too much testosterone <laughs> on the show. But hey, if you like our show and our, the current testosterone levels, you can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes and leaving us a review. Was that weird? Yeah, what she said. <laughs> No, I thought that was great. I thought that really uh, needed to be said. And also, mm-hmm. we love uh, getting listener questions, of course. We do. Because that's, you know, less thinking of ideas for us about what to talk about. We make you do the work. So uh, this is exciting. We have a voicemail, listener voicemail today that we're going to answer. Oh, I love voices. Hi, Mike and Jesse. My name is Steven, a huge fan of the podcast. And uh, um, my question is, I was watching Vanilla Sky on HBO the other night. And I forgot about the scene where Tom Cruise's character watches Conan and talks about it. When a movie wants to use your show as part of its story, how does that happen and who does it involve? And do you all get to be part of that process? Anyway, keep up the great work and looking forward to it. Thank you. All right, Stephen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. We're a big fan of you. Yeah, I like Stephen. Well, yeah, so his question is, when a movie or a show uses Conan or... I mean, I'm assuming that it's probably a similar process for other shows. Right. Who do they come to and how does that process happen? Right. Well, with um, Vanilla Sky, Cameron Crowe, who I think wrote or at least directed that movie, reached out to the show. That's what people usually do. They'll, They'll either write to our executive producer, Jeff Ross, or Conan's manager or agent. They formally kind of send in the request. And then, you know, it's availability and all that stuff as to whether Conan can do it or not. Yeah, sometimes it's Conan doing a cameo in a movie or on a TV show. Or sometimes the movie or TV show wants to have like a talk show appearance within their movie. That was the case with Vanilla Sky. Yeah. And then the whole movie team comes to our TV show. Yeah. To the set. And we usually do it after the night of a regular shoot. So Conan will do a show. And then this movie crew moves in. Uh, but a lot of time they'll use our cameras to shoot it since it's, you know, a television. It's already set up. They, it doesn't yeah. need to be shot with film cameras, right? I know. That's convenient for them. Yeah. And so it usually goes kind of quickly. But yeah. Yeah. So Conan's done a lot of fun little cameos over the years. I know. I remember when I, yeah. in the last few years that I was there, uh, that Jim Carrey Showtime show yeah. came to do that, right? Kidding? Right, about stand-up comedy. And Jim Carrey appeared on Conan within the show. Yeah, and it happens quickly. Like, if you if you went out to the commissary or something and came back, you'd miss it. And they'd be like, well, it's all done. <laughs> and um, yeah. they shot him for that Michael Caine movie, the uh, magic movie. I forget the name of it, where Michael Caine played a magician. and Now You See Me? Ah, there you go. Anything you said, I'd say, yes, that's it. But I think his greatest cameo in a film was being in Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Oh, of course, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he appears as himself, He plays himself as a rich, like, pompous... A rich asshole. (laughs) Dressed like a... uh, a yacht owner at at a at a beach, and then gets attacked by shark. And he gets beheaded, right, or something. Yeah, oh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the exciting thing about it was it was um, directed by Roger Corman, right? Who is the legendary film director? Who, yeah, you know, so many film directors started and actors started their career with him, going back to I think the early sixties. 
Like he directed the original Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, wow. And Jack Nicholson had one of his first appearances in that movie. He's still directing movies. He's in his 90s. Yeah. What was he like? Was he a nice guy? He was this avuncular, just a charming, gentlemanly. I I think he's originally from the Midwest. He still kind of had that Midwestern down-to-earth charm about him. You, You would not peg him as a man who's directed over 400 movies. Wow. But my favorite thing about Conan Bean in that movie was when it came out on TV... I, I'm calling it a movie loosely <laughs> when it came out on like whatever channel it, it was, was on. It was film length. <laughs> right. It was, it, it met that requirement. We decided to go nuts for it to promote Conan's appearance on it. Like it was a big deal. So mm-hmm. we got a giant billboard in Midtown Manhattan <laughs> and we hired, you know, like airplanes to pull um, banners oh, wow. at, at the beach. And yeah, That's we, crazy. And I think we got a full page ad in Variety. So we played it. <laughs> like for your consideration. Yes. As, as if he was in, you know, Dune. Um, yeah. We took it very seriously. <laughs> so that that made me really happy. I think that made us really happy. Yeah. Did people, did anybody reach out to you about it? Like, no. oh, I saw No. no. <laughs> Not even Roger Corman. I, he'd probably be like, what are they advertising this for? <laughs> This piece of shit. Number 489. <laughs> Even I didn't watch it. Right. Did he have um, direction for Conan? How was Conan's acting? Conan was uh, great. Or did he just nail it on the first take? He really did. He had to yell at some guys <laughs> to stop playing volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, that was in his wheelhouse. It went really well. Well, I hope we answered your question, Stephen. And then thanks some. Thanks for listening. And then some. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for leaving a voicemail. Yeah. If you're out there listening, don't be shy. You can call us too. Leave us voicemail with your question at 323-209-5303. Or you can email it to us at insideconanpod at gmail.com. Yeah, the longer the better, like Sweeney said. It's it's all content. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We read every syllable out loud slowly. We do in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Just like these three syllables. We love you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.